Now, praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeome again. We are going through the Gospel of Luke. And I'm now in chapter 23. And we go through this chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and pause and give comment as the Lord leads. Now, this is now the arrest of our Lord Jesus Christ and is going before the Pontius Pilate. Verse 23. And the whole multitude of them that the chief priests and the rulers arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation, forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Uh, see, all these things they make, made up against him as the accusation. But Pilate sometimes only knew, because most of these governors, they have some of their men on the streets. If dropping what's going on. So Pilate already knew that some of these things were not so. But he didn't say they shouldn't pray tribute to Caesar because Christ said, Give unto Caesar, render to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar, and to God the things that belong to God. But they were trying to say, He said they shouldn't pray tribute to Caesar, that he said he's a king. But still, and Pilate asked him, saying, Are thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou seest it. I mean, what does that mean? That's, that's the you guys are the one that are calling me the king of the Jews. Thou seest it. He never said he's the king of the Jews. Because he's greater than just a king of the Jews. He's God from heaven also. But they are saying he's a king, he's a king. Well, he said, thou seest it. Verse 4. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, he started up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. Herod was the king of Galilee, and Herod was the one that killed John the Baptist. And Herod had been saying, well, who is this man I've been hearing about that is really Sansa, I would like to meet him myself. And so that was his opportunity to meet Jesus, but Jesus Christ would not tell him anything. Verse 8, and when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. Verse 10, and the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they were before they were at enmity between themselves, you know, competition between the government and the king that was supposed to be king of all these people, but he, the people didn't like him. So now they become like a, well, I sent him to you, yeah, I'm glad that you sent it to me, and they become like friends. Verse 13. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me 
as one that perverted the people, and behold, I have examined him before you. And found no fault in this man. Touching those things we are of ye accusing. Verse 15. No, nor yet error, for I sent you to him. And no, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. Now, this is where the, the, the stripes of Jesus Christ was uh, administered. By his stripes we were healed. Because someone that you have condemned to, to, to be crucified, they don't normally flog them. That's not part of the punishment they want to go and be crucified. Remember the two thieves that were crucified with Jesus Christ? They were just marched to the place where they were crucified. They didn't, there was no record that they first flogged those thieves. It was not part of the punishment. But see, this is what Herod, I mean, Pilate was telling them that I will more or less just chastise him and let him go. And then that was why he sent to, for him to be flogged. But it was for a purpose that God allowed that for our healing of our bodies. And by Israel, we were healed. You see that in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, that the, the, the strife that was laid upon him was for our healing, the healing of our body. Before they finally marched him again to go and be crucified. That's what happened in verse 16. Pilate said, I will therefore chastise him and release him. And the didn't object, they let him go and chastise him. Or 70 said, For of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. Verse 18. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas. That's how Luke reported it. But according to the other priests, I chastised him, and after he brought him back, say, Behold the man, they said, No, crucify him. But here, according to Luke, Luke was reporting this. Many years later, he had it from them. Maybe he was not even there. So they cried out all at once and said, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. So Pilate, they were willing to release Jesus, speak again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them, The third time, Why? What evil has he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. Verse 23, and they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Well, let's see how, because I want to point out where he actually first chastised him and then bring, brought him back to them and they still wanted him crucified. Let's see where it was. Well, it was Luke, the Gospel of John that said that. That was Gospel of John chapter 19. Chapter 19. He said, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scorched him. And the soldiers lifted a cone of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. And said, Hey, king of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again, see now, after they scourged him, he brought him back again to them. He said, Behold, I bring him forth to you that he may know that I found no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. 
when, when the chief priest, therefore, and officer saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. They said, Pilate said to them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I found no fault in him. Then they begin to accuse Pilate. Jesus answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. So that was how it was reported in the Gospel of John. That is, Pilate allowed him to be chastised first and said, We wanted to release him now. Behold the man, and he said, No, crucify him. Now go back to Luke chapter 23 that we are reading. I was in verse 24 and 25, and Pilate gave sentence that it should be as he required, and he released unto them him that was that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Now verse 26 was the crucifixion. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon a Cyrenian, coming Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that it might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never give suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done to the dry? Now, the Lord was prophesying to the women that were bewailing him as they were leading him to crucifixion. That he turned and said, Don't weep for me. Weep for yourself and for your children, because God knew what was coming. The Lord knew what was coming to happen to the old city. In about 30 something years, they will be destroyed. And these women, many of them will still be alive. Their children will probably be grown up by that time. But the Roman Empire that did this to him, because that's what it meant. If they do these things in the green tree, he has done, he has done nothing wrong, and they are going to crucify him because the rulers said it. They won't let it that way. What will they do to you guys that are dry trees? Because they themselves will be the ones that are going to be resisting the Roman Empire also. And then the Roman Empire will be furious against the whole city. Because now the chief priest are the ones that say, we want you to crucify this one. The Roman Empire didn't object to crucify this man for them. That's like crucifying the innocent person also. But now you that are going to really be resisting them as enemy, see how they will treat you guys when it comes to your turn. That's what he meant by if they do this thing in a green tree, what shall be done to the, in the dry? See, weep for yourself and for your children, because during that time, those women that are bearing children in those days will be so, so troubled because of how they will treat them and their children. In verse 29. The days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the womb that never bear, and the paths which never give suck. But they have nothing to worry about. They may be able to escape. But those that have children, they won't be able to escape as they're still trying to carry their children when the soldiers will round them up. Verse 32. And there were also two other male factors, the thieves, dealt with him to be put to death. That was prophesying, prophesied also in the book of, I think, Psalm, the book of Psalms, that he was numbered with the transgressors. Because the thieves, the two thieves were thieves. They, they accepted that they were guilty. But the logical was numbered among them and bringing all of the two of them to be crucified as if they are all criminals. No? So he was numbered with the 
transgressors. Verse 33, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Verse 34, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That was how the Lord forgave the old man race. Even the, the nation Israel that they did it, they were forgiven. But that doesn't mean they were not punished because the old, that was prophecy fulfilled anyway. But the soldiers that were nailing him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They may think they are just obeying the laws of Rome. They said, crucify this one. They are doing it. The Father, forgive them. Verse 34, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Just like Psalm 22 said, verse 18. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ. The chosen of God. Verse 36. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the youth, save thyself. And the superscription also was written over him in the letters of Greek and in Latin and in Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. One of the male factors which were hanged railed on him also, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou hast in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he says unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now that when I pointed to that one other in the book of Matthew, that thief that was repentant must have heard Jesus Christ preach, even though he was a thief, and they could have said, Don't listen to these preachers. But he believed what he had. You know, this man may be the must be the Messiah. So when he had the opportunity, he said, Remember me when thou comest to your kingdom. But the other one was a son of the devil, saying, If you are really Christ, save yourself and us. But for stealing. And Jesus said unto him, that was the thief that was confessing Christ, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And we know that thief on the cross got his opportunity to be saved. Well, you may not have that kind of opportunity when you are hearing the gospel, that's when you should repent and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not everybody will have the opportunity to be on the cross when the Messiah was crucified. Like the other one had the opportunity, but he blew it. I was reading on him. Verse 44. And it was about the sixth hour. There was a darkness over all the sixth hour is twelve noon. Because they started counting from six AM. So there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. That from six from twelve noon till three PM there was darkness. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Verse 47. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this was a righteous man. Why did he say that? Because he saw how he just dismissed his soul spirit. Because the righteous, when they die, when the Abraham, I see, when they die, they die in peace. Even though this was like a, it was a violence. God, in the tree, but when he left out the ghost, he just died in peace. Just let his feet live. And that is what he, the, it has been reported in many of the righteous people, the holy people, Abraham and uh, Jacob, when he was going to die, he just called his children together and blessed them. 
and told them what to do, and he just slept and left. That was why that centurion said, this man must be a righteous man. In the way he just dismissed his spirit without all the struggling and something like that. Because when the people, when people die, satanic spirits come and grab their soul and they are struggling and struggling and that's why it looked like a tug of war. But when the saints of God die, angels manifest. Angels is what they see on the other side. And then they just go with the angels peacefully because they are your friends. But when these wicked people die, the satanic spirits that come against them are like violence, tigers. That's why they are screaming and yelling and screaming and crying and not wanting to go. It's like tired, like, like an animal, wild animal, tearing their soul apart. And that's why they are screaming and, and cursing. But see, the righteous, they, they just dismiss their spirit because they see their friends, angels that come to welcome them. And that is why this centurion was able to say, this indeed was a righteous man. Verse 48. And all the people that came together to that side, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. And all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar up beyond the distance. That's the one that really touches me, that these women came believing, following the Messiah, and expecting that something great, great is going to happen in Jerusalem, the new kingdom we are expecting. And then they saw the rabbis, the thing turned violence and against and the Messiah. And he has been telling them this is how it's going to be. People couldn't understand it. We are in denial. That no, no, that's not what is going to happen. But when it happened, the women are just standing afar off, seeing all these rabble-rousing men. And they didn't know what to think. What, what are they going to think about? And so they were only wanted to just do their last respect for the dead. But they stood afar off, beholding these things. Verse 50. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor. And he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went in unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. Now this Joseph of Arimathea, according to what Matthew reported, that it was Joseph of Arimathea that owned that uh, sepulchre. That he has probably been an elderly man. He, he already caught the place where he was going to be laid to rest when he dies. So he was in a beautiful garden because he was a rich man. And that was also a prophecy fulfilled because it was also prophesied in the book of Psalms that even though he was numbered with the transgressors, that he will have his grief with the rich. Let's see how it was reported in. This is Psalm, let's see, Psalm 22. I think it was Psalm 22 that mentioned that he was numbered with the transgressor, but he has his grave with the Now we are in uh, verse 55. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulchre. And now his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandments. Now, this happened on a Friday, a preparation for the Sabbath. Sabbath starts at 6 p.m. on Friday and ends 6 p.m. on Saturday, according to the Jewish tradition. So they quickly get this done on Friday. And when he died, the Joseph Arimathea came and get the body and wrapped it up and put them in that sepulcher 
before it is 6 p.m. so that they can all go for Sabbath. And the women just noted the place by 6 p.m. Nobody was allowed to be going around. So that was why they just went back and rested throughout Saturday until 6 p.m. But 6 p.m. is getting too late, no? so they couldn't do anything Saturday night because it's getting dark. So they waited this Sunday morning. Those are the women that were making spices to prepare for, for the final, they wanted to do final rite for, the, for their loved one. Chapter 24. Now I'm continuing this uh, in chapter 24. So let's, let me just continue in the next broadcast. God bless you. Amen.